Welcome back to Shit Talk Fridays. I'm Gina. And I'm Evo. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Friday, Gina. This is a special Friday today. It is a fucking special Friday, ladies and gentlemen. And if you don't know, today is Evo and I's 100th episode doing Shit Talk Fridays. We are celebrating this episode by doing something that we thought would be fun. But before we get into that, I wanted to say, did you think that we would get this far? Or did you think that we would go this far? You know, I want to say that I went into this venture of ours kind of like I went into our relationship. Where I wasn't counting the days that went by and the weeks and the months and I was just living it. And that's kind of how I feel like, you know, I've been going about this, showing up every week, you know, living through the episodes, kind of just more than they've just been more about like therapeutic experiences that we've Mm -hmm. had, you know, just us sitting down and having conversations that we normally do, but we're recording them. And that's kind of what it's been like for me. How about you? Did you feel like we'd make it to 100 episodes? I mean, if you know me, you know that I don't give up easily. So I was very determined to make this something that we could find longevity in. But there were definitely times throughout this journey of this show where I definitely felt like, yeah, I may just pack it up. You know, the funny thing is, is like, I wish I could go about many things in my life the way I went about this episode, like... When you this episode, well, at this show, mm-hmm. sorry. When you embark on something, you really kind of just want to focus at on at the tasks and just show up daily and do tasks and keep your head down. And before you know it, you pick your head up and you've com- completed this, you know, immense amount of work. Um, when you focus on the goal and you're like constantly looking up and focusing on a goal, it ends up being like a pie in the sky, mm-hmm. and it becomes almost difficult to attain because you're kind of just looking at this large, you know, thing that you want to achieve. When it's the steps that you take that get you there, and so. You know, just showing up every day and kind of just doing the episodes before I knew it. You know, here we are at 100 episodes. You know, it kind of like it went like that for me. You know, just focusing on the little things that we do. It definitely didn't feel like that for me. No, it didn't. It doesn't even feel like we did 100 episodes for me. It doesn't. Yeah, no, I it feels like 100 episodes. Okay. I mean, you know what? I'll give you credit. You do a lot of the back end work. So I can see why it probably feels like that. Yeah, I definitely think that we have a different like feel when it comes to what the show does for us mm-hmm. and to us so i could see why you would say what you just said it definitely feels different for me i'm still very happy in the place that we are so with that being said let's get into today's episode our 100th episode where we decided we were going to revisit some of the most controversial videos and topics that we have done on shit talk fridays And um, when I went back and looked at some of these episodes, what I will say is I was surprised by the episodes that took off. Right. But that being said, it makes a lot of sense because the common theme between all of the episodes that took off were it was when we talked about things that had a male and female like point of view point of view. And for us to speak on it separately and together, I think a lot of people enjoyed hearing our different perspectives. And in addition to that, us giving us kind of giving information into some of those topics in a way where it was one relatable and two was we tied in our own personal experiences. Yeah. So one of our first episodes that. (laughs) Wait. Pause for a second. Yeah, Before sure. we get into that, can we? Can oh we shit! Yeah, and today we're drinking champagne <laughs> to uh, celebrate. You, I totally forgot pulling, about it. You're pulling one of my moves. I that's, got excited. That's my I move got excited. Right there. Uh, we're drinking a little bit of champagne in celebration of our hundredth episode. So cheers, Evo. Cheers. And cheers to all of our viewers and listeners. Yes. We wouldn't be here without you. Thank you. Nice. And yes, I'm drinking this shit out of a straw Very because. Nice. Um, I have on uh, lipstick that I'm not trying to get all over this cup. But anyway, so one of our first videos, well, not one of our first, but one of the videos that we had, and we chose to pick like four videos out of our most controversial videos that kind of, you know, decided to go viral. And a lot of these videos were getting these comments that 
we have read over the past 100 episodes from TikTok. That's where we get a lot of our comments from and where we have the most followers. So obviously we get the most information. So episode 82, we spoke about lies that men tell. There was over 130 comments on this one video that was posted and it was a video featuring you where you said that men will lie to women in the act of sex by saying just let me put the tip in yeah it's uh wait hang on before before you even get into it when you said this i remember in the episode feeling kind of uncomfortable by what you had said And when I went and posted the video of you saying this, exactly what I was kind of feeling is one of the comments that was a common thread. And that was, there were a lot of women saying that this was coercion. But then on the opposite end of that, there were a lot of men that that were saying that it worked. And women. Yes, there were women. But I will say when it came to this has worked for me, yeah. there was a lot of men. Yeah, of course. I mean, there's that's it, it's a lies that men tell. You yeah. Know? So, yeah, of course, a lot of more men are going to identify with it. Um, but, you know, I was actually pretty shocked at the, uh, the responses that were coming around because I didn't really think about all of the times that something like that happened. And it wasn't innocent. And it wasn't like what I experienced. Um, and so that was a bit of a, of an eye opener for me and it gave me a newfound respect for a lot of the people that went through something like that. And it wasn't the experience that I described. Um, cause tell me a little bit about what type of experience, what type of experience you experience you were describing in that, in that scenario. In my scenario, it was, you know, two consenting people in an intimate act, um, well, not yet there in an intimate act, but, you know, very much um, into foreplay, you know, touching, feeling, a lot of things going on, just not sex yet. Maybe, they, you know, at that moment, it wasn't, it hadn't gotten there. We were still trying to initiate the first time. Um, and I am, you know, I may feel like this may be it, you know, where I want to initiate it. She may not be, be 100% there yet because, you know, women, they need to feel, it needs to feel right, mm-hmm. you know, in, for, in order for them to feel it. So... Um, you know, I may suggest like a joking, like, you know, just let me put a tip in. And fortunately, I mean, like surprisingly, you know, it works. You know, they'll be like, you know, all right, all right. And it, but in my defense, that's exactly what I would do, right? That's exactly what I would do. And I would wait for the hook on the back of the foot and the push in because that's what. I would I would want that to be initiated by her. Like it wouldn't be like oh I would put it in and then go all the way in. No, mm-hmm. I put it in. Let's like I said it is. And then if she wanted more, she'd have to ask for it. Okay. Has there ever been a situation where that's what you asked for and then she didn't want to continue? No. no. Okay. Every single time that ever went there, you know, it was like okay, I'm gonna do what I said I was gonna do. Now you have to you have to initiate the rest. You know, and those were my experiences, and that's how it was for me every time. Um, and I never even, nobody that I ever knew, that I ever spoke to or that I knew ever had a conversation with me along the lines that, oh, you know, I said that to her and then I just went in, you know? So it was a sobering moment for me when I read through the comments and I saw other people's experiences. And so now, you know, like it was, a like I said, I, I got a newfound respect for it. Yeah, because I definitely think that there were a lot of women in the comments that were making you see it from their perspective. And there were women that were saying things like, I've let this happen so that the man would leave me alone and I felt safe. Yeah, it seems that in other situations, it was more of of a peer pressure, like pressure type of situation where the person was not taking no for an answer. And, you know, that wasn't the the case for me. I I was very much... My style of, of dating women and getting into these um, intimate situations with women was I would always want the women, the woman to be the pursuer. So that way I felt invited and I knew that, you know, whatever was going on wasn't something that I tried to, like, coerce or initiate like, like you know, like a lot of these women were saying. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, you were replying to a lot of the comments saying that that is a young man's game. That yes, that was something was that you did in your youth. Yeah, it was something I did as a kid, you know, and um, you know, and quickly, you know, never had to do it again. Yeah. So because then you learn as a you know as as you grow up and you you know you um you get to know women, you understand and and you're able to to do things that don't require you to even have to say those words. You know, you yeah. can you can act in certain ways where it, she's very clear, you know, what she wants and her intentions. And, you know, those words are never even a, a part of the conversation ever again. Yeah. but I'm glad that you made that clear because I yeah. remember when you said that on the episode, I remember being like, um, actually, I really don't think that you are seeing yeah. it the way that I see it. And there was actually a commenter that we had on YouTube that said something to the extent of, Gina, I'm glad that you brought it up to him that this is a scenario that may happen where a woman is actually feeling unsafe yeah, and well, she's letting the man do this so that she can get out of that situation. Yeah. And she was applauding me for bringing that to the light for you to see because a lot of the times men kind of live in their, like their man bubble and they don't really understand the things that afflict women when it comes to those type of sexual scenarios. Mm -hmm. So I was actually really happy that you took it and learned from it because there are many times where people will have that type of situation arise where people are telling them in the comments wow this is definitely not what you think it is and they're like totally refuting yeah. what people are saying and not even trying to see it in their perspective at all and that wasn't you and i was really happy about that yeah, no, absolutely. I would never, ever try to den deny anyone's experience, you mm -hmm. know, because I know that my my experience doesn't dictate every single experience that's happened on Earth. So, And I'm well aware of that. So. Yeah. So let's go on to the next one. And um, it was episode 78. And I would say us episode 78 is actually our most popular episode out of all of our 100 episodes. And it's Dating as a Single Parent. And I can say that that's how I knew that there was kind of like this thread of commonality amongst our episodes because I was at one time a single parent and you dated me. So that yeah. episode, like we had some real world life experience to talk about. So there was a video that I put out on social media where you said, and I remember again, I remember you saying this in the episode. And as you said it, I was sitting there thinking to myself, the women are gonna love this right <laughs> so you said in a video that there's a term that's referred to single parents that have children that their children can be considered baggage when dating as a single parent but you wanted parents to know that their children were their most valuable possession yes and never let anyone make you feel that your children are anything less than that Absolutely. And yeah. I remember the comments got flooded. I think we had over like 300 comments when it came to this particular video of people really thanking you for saying that because of the fact there were a lot of women that commented that they concurred that that term had been applied to their situation. And I will say that there were definitely more women that were saying this is something that I have been told and have felt when it comes to me dating as a single parent. Um, and but on the opposite end, there were a lot of fucking men that were saying still the same shit, that yeah. yes, these children are considered baggage because they bring no value to the relationship. You know, and that's a, that's a purely perspective statement. You know, it's really, it's entirely based on how you look at it. You know, if you want to be the type of guy that, sees it as a negative, sees it as more work, sees it as more draining, then of course, yeah, it's not going to be a positive experience, you know, and the way that I looked at it, and I suggest that any man who decides to date a woman who has kids to look at it is the opportunity to show a mother that there is, that she does deserve a second chance. And she does, she does deserve to be treated like any other woman that a man would look at that doesn't have kids. And not only that, but she she is that special that a man would consider 
loving her and her children. Mm -hmm. And I think that in that circumstance, given that environment, for a woman to have a second chance with a man like that makes it even more special to meet someone that now loves her and her children. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I was a woman, to me, that man would be more than it, it would be that man would be what's the word i'm looking for he would just be more special than anything that i've ever met because prior to that man the word the man that i was with and i'm speaking from a woman's perspective right prior to that man the man that i was with it didn't work out with him and that's the man that i had my children with and here i am i meet another man who i don't even have children with who miraculously falls in love with me and my kids yeah like what's that say about that man you know how special is he? How how um, how cut from a different cloth is this person? Mm. You know, so I look at it that way. I think that it's, you know, you for a woman that runs into a situation like that, they end up running into the exception to the rule. You know, the rule is men look at women who have kids as baggage. So the exception to the rule is a man who doesn't see it that way and takes it on, you know, like it's like it's nothing. Um, let me ask you this. Since the men were saying that children are baggage and that they don't bring value to the relationship, do you think that women that have children, do the children bring value to the man in the relationship? Is there value in that? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like there's value in it because it's making the man a better person. You know, the man is now having to not only love the woman but open his heart up to the children which is a bigger thing than most men would do mm -hmm. you know that in itself makes that man a better person why because he's stepping up into a position that a lot of men wouldn't even look twice at so when i i'm sorry to interrupt but when i think about that can you speak a little bit from your own personal experience like what value do you feel like the boys brought you to your life because I feel like I can think of like a few well is I mean, there something like in particular because I do feel like people are still gonna be like yeah that's not really valuable you know they taught me how to be a parent you know they taught me how to how to love unconditionally for um, children that weren't biologically mine they really set the tone for when Ava came along, mm -hmm. you know, what what was right and what was wrong as far as, you know, parenting goes. And, you know, they gave me the opportunity to get to know them each and each individually and build the relationship that I wouldn't have with any other child. I wouldn't have with any other kid. Like I, I have the relationship that I have between these two boys doesn't exist with any other two boys in my life. Mm -hmm. So that in itself is to me, it's, it's more than words. It's invaluable. Yeah. You know? And so that's like, I can't put a price on that. Yeah. It's priceless. It's priceless. Yeah. I've actually found myself at times almost kind of jealous of the relationship that you have with them. Cause I think I've said this before, there's like a bro code <laughs> And I watch you guys do your broco shit. And I'm just like, I want to play too. You know, and yeah. that's a relationship that you developed with them on your own. And I, I see such value in that for you and for them. I see sometimes when you have conversations with, especially Anthony, our older one, because now he's, you know, he's a man. Mm -hmm. um, you you kind of light up when you talk to him. You know, you guys have this like camaraderie between each other. And when you're giving him advice about how to conduct himself in the world as a young man, I watch you light up. And that's me looking at you from like the outside. And you probably don't even see that. But I'm so proud of that relationship that you have and your ability to share like good advice with him. Yeah, you know, it's it's uh... wait, and then real quick. I love when he comes back to you and tells you the stuff that you gave him advice on and it's worked for him because he does that. Those are my, those are some of my proudest moments. And so it's come <laughs> full circle now yeah. where, you know, at the beginning, there's a lot of trying to guide them in the right direction, but yet they're trying to 
become their own person. And so mm-hmm. you deal with that and trying to navigate through those situations and giving them their space to be individuals, but at the same time, trying to guide them the best that they can and hope that they take everything that you say mm-hmm. into consideration so that they can make the best decisions in their life. Um, but it doesn't always work out like that. And so yeah. you kind of got to let them make their own decisions. But eventually, as they mature and they start to realize and look back and and think about some of the things that maybe you know, as a parent, you were suggesting and actually implement those into their lives. Those are the proud moments because now you, you're not only are you realizing that they're maturing and they're becoming wiser, but they're actually becoming wise enough to realize that you did have their best interest and they know that now and they're okay with that. Yeah. You know? And then, so it's almost like you see a part of yourself in them, Yeah. you know, which is, I think every, what every parent wants. Right. And the yeah. kids. I, I, I trust me. I see it. Yeah, I see so. it all the time. So, I mean, how can, how can you not, I mean, I, see, I can see how a lot of men don't value that, but to me, that's the most valuable part of the whole thing. Like, yeah. there's even times where I'm like, can you please tell them? Because I feel like they listen to you more because <laughs> you're a man. Right. But I, I see myself in them, but I see you in them as well. You know, the yeah. way that they, they go about things, um, are, younger son mateo today's actually his birthday yes. happy birthday happy mateo birthday, um and he just released his first ep he released three songs he's releasing another uh two later on this evening and um i just want to give him a shout out but what i will say is one of the things that he can credit to evo is his taste in fucking music there you go he loves him some old school hip hop because of Evo. Yeah, I used to take him around in my car. And I, I had this. I mean, I still have it, but it's it's not a it's it's not like road ready at the moment. But I used to have a Honda, and it was all hooked up with the system in it. And I would go pick him up, and I like same way that my brother did to me when I was a kid, yeah. where I grew up listening to a lot of the music that he listened to. I made sure that you know I ran a tail through the whole catalog of all of the great shit that I was yeah. listening to when I was growing up. And uh, it's 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 bittersweet. It's bittersweet, yeah. But it's great to see him. It's great to see that he absorbs so much of it. You yeah, know? he definitely does. That is literally his forte. Is that type of music? Yeah. I I rarely ever catch him listening to like the music, and I'm I'm referring to like hip hop. I rarely listen hear him listening to like artists from current, unless they're like J Cole or yeah. something like that. And you know that comes from me, but. Let's go on to the next one, and then I'm going to turn it over to you. Okay. And um, this one was episode 79. Again, this was single dads versus single moms. Again, another episode, and this was episode the episode right after 78 when we realized that people wanted to hear from us more about being a single parent. Mm-hmm. But what I realized in episode 78, there was definitely like a disparity between being a single mother and a single father. So we talked a lot about that in episode 79. And there was a video that we put out that in this video, I was saying something and I said, I spoke about how single mothers are expected to do it all. And they're given a lot of grief when they don't meet up to like these standards of being like a perfect mother And fathers are given more of grace when it comes to being a single father. You know, a lot of people will come up to them and say things like, you know, look at you. You're doing so well. You're doing a good job. And they're not scrutinized as much as a a mother would be. Yeah. So when I put that out there, um, there were a lot of fathers that chimed in, single fathers, and they were saying that they didn't want that grace they didn't want that empathy they wanted to be seen as single fathers that were doing their job as a father they were parenting yeah you know they didn't want that fucking pat on the back and then there were a lot of mothers that also chimed in in the comment section and said that they were struggling with this they were struggling with meeting these unrealistic expectations and they were experiencing burnout and i remember reading this and having such empathy for these mothers and for these fathers for two reasons because being with you and us raising our family together we function as parents even though you're a father and I'm a mother there's nothing in our household that is like gender assigned so when it comes to the caring of our kids 
it's not like I do the cooking, cleaning, bathing. Mm-hmm. These things happen equally between us. Right. There's no there's no roles. We just do what needs to get done. We just do. And it's never like, oh, can you watch the kids or can you... Do? I, those conversations never even happen. Yeah. There's even times where like I want to go somewhere and I'm like, hey, I'm going here. See you later. And I'm I'm out. Mm-hmm. I will let you know. There's usually there's there's never an issue. So I understand when the fathers were saying they didn't want that empathy because they just wanted to be seen as parents equally as yeah. the mothers. They they I I got the feeling that they felt like people felt sorry for them in their situations. Why do you think that? people are more likely to have this like empathy towards single fathers than they are single mothers well you got to keep in mind right there's there's a whole society of men that are just you know so deep into their masculinity that anything that has to do with cleaning cooking Mm -hmm. taking care of a child which is quote unquote identified with being a woman Mm -hmm you know, it almost threatens their masculinity. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, I feel like that men that are, that kind of like go about life like that and are, that are with women, you know, they really want to keep that line divided. You know, they want to stay on the masculine side of things. Um, so when it comes to the children, they're like, no, here, you take the kids. No, you do this. You do. That's your role. You're a woman, you know, and anything that, 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 that man would do almost threatens their masculinity. And I, and I feel like that, because of that, and it exists so largely amongst men that when you see a man, you know, playing both roles, you see a man in the subway, which I, matter of fact, I just saw a video on this uh, today, as a matter of fact, which where there was somebody recording a man. He was on a subway. He had a, he had a stroller and he had two babies in the stroller. And he's on, he's like and he's standing. He's not even sitting. He's standing and he's sitting and he's shaking the bottle. The baby. He's got the one baby on the bottom and it's baby's crying and he's like mixing the formula as he's standing. And then he, you know, and the person's recording the whole time like this is like it's this amazing thing. I can see why, you know, it would be because anyone that that doesn't see that as often in their life, it's something that is like, wow, I didn't even know that that's just amazing. So, you know, he just takes the cloth and he puts the cloth on the baby's chest so that he could rest the bottle, pops the bottle in the baby's mouth and the baby shuts up and he goes and starts attending to the baby on top. And the video ends. But that is a clear cut case of what you're talking about, right? They were this person was highlighting this man doing something that if a woman was doing otherwise, you know, it wouldn't be something to be noted otherwise. You know, that it's expected of a woman. Mm. And I think that because that dynamic exists, um, you have women that when they see or a, or a person when they see a man acting that way, they almost empathize with him, or they want to congratulate him, or they want to applaud him. It used to happen to me all the time. Yeah, I and I remember. I remember you would tell me some of the stories of when you would go places with yeah. Ava when she was under a year yeah. and people they, would be they, shocked. They'd be at the looking stuff around wondering where you are. Yeah. You know, where's the mother? She's freaking, she's, she's, you know, she's not here. Like, what, what am I, fucking chopped liver? You know, like, I got this. Um, and I've had several conversations with mothers that, you know, once they see that, like I'm there because I want to be there and this is my choice and I'm choosing to have my baby here and without the mother, you know, then they would reveal to me, reveal to me like, wow, like my husband would never, I could never, I can't, I can't, my, I can't go anywhere by myself. I always either have to have the kid with me or if my, if, if we're with my husband, I have to be with my husband. Like yeah. I always have to tend to the child at some point. And I'm like, well couldn't fucking tell me i can't take my baby nowhere without my without her mother eva was trying to leave the hospital with yeah, our daughter like, the first day she was born what? he was like this is mine now goodbye <laughs> yeah i was ready and i was and you know what and i i just want to say though evo um some of the most masculine sexy uh like loving caring men i've ever met in my life are men that are just like you men that do and be with their children without a fucking second thought i can name like five men right off the top of my head right now that are exceptional fathers and do parenting just as as beautifully as their wife or their counterpart without even a fucking second thought and some of the most dickheadish 
asshole men that I've ever met in my life are the men that you're describing are these men that have this toxic masculinity and they really believe in these like strong gender roles where they're not willing to put themselves in the shoes of the woman and do things for the family and for the home because it's a woman's job. Yeah. I mean, as far as kids go, speaking for myself, I I can definitely say that the fact that, you know, we chose to have Ava, you know, like it was uh, something that I was ready to do. And I, and when it came, I was like, like I had, I was boots, my boots were strapped up and I was ready to go. Yeah. You Cause know? you had like, uh, how many years had we been together? So we were together like 10, ten years, years 10 years before we had Ava. So we, we raised the boys for 10 years. Yeah. Um, you know, with was the, it? Yeah, 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 it was yeah, about 10, ten it was 10 years. Yeah. And, it was always with the idea after like three and a half, four years, you know, we kind of just decided like, hey, you know, we're not going to not try to have a kid, mm-hmm. but we're not going to try to have a child. You know, yeah. if it just if it happens, it happens. We're ready for it now. Yeah. And whenever whenever life brings us another child, that'll be the that'll be the moment when, you know, we you know, we we deal with that we cross that bridge yeah i just feel like it was second nature to yeah. you you did so many things with the boys without me yeah. there were there were many times in the beginning of our relationship where i worked more than you did and i've said this previous that you spent many weekends without me with the boys mm-hmm. going to the beach going to the park you couldn't tell evo that he wasn't gonna have fun Hell with no. kids with or without me yeah well i mean i always you know i always loved kids yeah so it wasn't something that I was against, and it also helped that I I ended up dating someone that had a child, and it really opened my eyes to. And that person wasn't me, by the no, way. No, it wasn't you. But it was the first. It was the first person that I dated that had a child, mm-hmm. and there was something to that relationship that really opened my eyes to dating someone and um, getting to know. Excuse me, getting to know and accepting their child as well. You know, there's, it's, um, it's not for everybody, but man, if you can do it, it's a wonderful experience. It was for me. Yeah. So the second part of that I was going to talk about real quick, and then I'm going to hand it over to you was mothers talking about experiencing burnout, trying to meet that unrealistic expectation. And man, could I identify with that? I, at one point actually had to scale back at my, um, commitment at work because i was experiencing severe burnout Mm -hmm. i was working 40 to 50 plus hours a week and while i was doing that i was managing dropping off picking up you know household chores and this is before you and i became like a serious item i'm talking about the years where i was a single parent and at the same time i was also raising my younger brother who's seven years younger than me so i was like 22 years old with a 14 year old a one-year-old You're raising three kids yeah i was raising three children yeah. and i was fucking on the edge i look back upon those years and i have no fucking clue how sometimes i did the shit that i did i just think that i was on fucking autopilot most of the time in the same sense i look back and i say i think that i think I thank myself for having the strength to persevere through that situation because there were so many situations that were so hard for me to go through and I was going through them by myself. So I really I really empathize with these mothers and and sympathize with them in the same regard because I know what that fucking feels like. Yeah. Um so I don't think that mothers want the sympathy from other people. I think they just want people to understand that it is difficult and we shouldn't be held to a different standard as mothers. We should just be looked at as this is a person that's really trying to do their best. Now, if the the mother or the father is a piece of shit, that's a whole nother story. But if you see a parent really striving to fucking do their best, don't knock a person when they're down, you know? Yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, so that was episode 79. So I'm going to hand it... Before yeah. you move on okay. from there, right? I just sure. want to point something out. Okay. So it's funny that you mentioned that you were on the brink of like collapse. That that lifestyle 
ended up being something that when I met you was an instant attraction to me, right? And the reason I say that is because for someone like myself who spent a decent amount of my childhood with without my parents, right? I was separated from my parents. When I met you and I saw that you were single, raising two children and your brother, you instantly gave me the the feeling that if we were to have a child together and something were to happen to me, I know that that child would never leave your side. And you instantly gave me that I would have a child with this woman. Mm. Instantly. You know, so here you are breaking your hump and then unbeknownst to you, there's someone looking at you finding value in that. Ladies, you hear that? So, Sometimes having kids mean that man see he want to have babies with you. Just stick to your guns. That's what you, that's <laughs> all it is, you know. If just be you, you know, if that's who you are and you know, here you are probably people probably beating yourself up at that time. Oh man, I I remember having several moments of pure fucking desperation. Yeah. I remember times sitting in my car crying before I had to go and do something. Because I felt so defeated. I was tired. I was... I mean, I could talk about that for days, what that felt like, those years being by myself and really trying to figure out the best life for me and my boys at the time and my brother, which was... that. That's a, that's a whole nother story. You fucking itself. held it down, Gina. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. So, please, tell me about some of our other uh, viral videos... So in in episode 64, um, we spoke about secrets that men and women keep. Mm. I and remember this episode. Yeah, in this episode, there ended up being over 1,400 comments and a half a million views on TikTok, which is like, whoa. Like, yeah. right? When we saw that, I was blown away by that. And in this, in this uh, episode, you went on to say that uh, women, women will keep past partners a secret. And they do this uh, because they are afraid of being shamed by women and men. Mm -hmm. and, and that shit exploded. And that shit exploded. You know, it's it was the it was for as far as a man goes. You know, it's like the secret that you wouldn't think that that's the reason why women keep that secret. But what was the common like? What was the comment that we saw the most? Because if I think about it, I think I can remember. Yeah. So the mo so some of the most popular comments in this in this post were that uh, the past is a predictor of the future. Mm -hmm. A lot of people were saying that. Uh, that's that's a, a main one of the main reasons why women would keep something like that a secret because for some reason they're judged mm -hmm. based on how many partners they had in the past, and it's fucked up because in many cases a man is not. I think in all cases, a man is not. Um, when it comes no, to I would his like sexual to, partners. I don't want to listen. I can't sit here and say that I know every single case in the world mm -hmm. and that every, all of the cases men are, they're not judged by their, you know, how many past partners that they had. You know, I would like, to, I would hope to think that there are some women out there that think that over a certain number is too much and that they just wouldn't date a guy okay. who's been with so many women. Okay. Okay. Just kind of. I personally don't think that that's credit. really. In my personal opinion, that's usually not a conversation happening with women, two men. Mm. But that's my my perspective. Um, and then another popular comment that was in the thread was that uh, women keep this a secret because sleeping with multiple men actually devalues them as women. Yeah, a lot of that, those comments were coming from men. Yeah. So going back to the comment where men... Because it was men that were saying that the past is a predictor of the future, right? Yeah, as far yeah, as far as I can remember, yes. Okay, so if I think about that comment that we saw a lot, if I pull that out and look at it, at it more, like as more as like of of more of a statement that can be applied to a lot of different things. Because if you're gonna say that someone's past is a prediction of what their future is going to look like, then fam, I would have been a fucking nobody if that's the case. Yeah. If you're going to sit back and say 
that because a woman has slept with X amount of men in her past, that that in turn is going to make her, I guess, what? What is the prediction you think men are thinking? That's going to make her what? It's going to make her just, it's, I, okay, so from what from what I understand, um, it just makes her less valuable, right? But but in the comments, men were saying that it's predicting her future. So are they? Oh, that what? That she's like a hoe or something like yeah, that? Yeah. So are they saying that she's going to continue to be that type of person when she's in a relationship? You know, I don't. Or I don't really understand this saying? comment. I really don't because I don't identify with it. Either do I no, because I, I think that that is one of the most foolish things to say that someone's past is automatically going to predict how their future is going to turn out. Because I came from a home where both of my parents were drug addicts. Mm-hmm. I was severely neglected. I was taken away by child services amongst other shit that i experienced in my life if that was going to be the determining factor for my future when i tell you that i should have been in the gutter based on those statistics because there was a study done on children with, or, or there was a study done on children with adverse childhood experiences and there were 10 questions that they answered and if you had you you marked yourself for every question that applied to you and the questions uh, comprised of things like have you ever been um, neglected have you ever experienced abuse have you ever experienced someone in your household with drug addiction whatever the case was there was 10 questions and every time you answered yes to a question you gave yourself a marker and if you if you had four or more markers you were more likely to end up similar or very much or very closely to maybe some of the past traumas that you experienced. Mm-hmm. I had all 10. All 10. So if we're going to apply this comment, which is the past predicts your future, mm-hmm. I would have been a drug addict that neglected my children and that lived, that, that lived in Las Vegas as a prostitute. Yeah. So literally here's the funny thing, right? And I just want you to look at this real quick. See where I'm pointing at right here. Yes, okay. I know. All right. So I just want to point something out real quick, right? Two things that I wanted to say on this one men have to understand that they're fucking being lied to, mm. right? Because they, because they're setting the standard of women can't have that many partners because it devalues them. Right. Naturally, fucking women are going to lie. I mean, they're inclined to, mm-hmm. not to be judged. This is why it's important for men to just fucking forget about it. It's irrelevant because that sets up an environment where a woman is more likely to speak the truth. And you actually get, you may actually get to know who she really is mm-hmm. and what she's done and make her feel comfortable in the space that she's in and not feeling like she has to be ashamed of herself. Secondly, Men are so fucking competitive that they all they, they just have this desire to have something that the other man doesn't have, right? And because men value that so much, having a woman, which is the main thing, a lot of men do a lot of things in their fucking life. Having a woman that another man hasn't had is like the fucking ultimate achievement. And <clears throat> they're doing it to themselves, they're doing this shit to themselves because because they're creating this standard where it's like, oh, I have something that you never touched and you never fucking had, you know, and that makes me a better man than you do. Then the woman that he's with is more inclined to lie to him. So in reality, he may think that he has a woman that maybe slept with one or two guys. But in reality, she might have fucking slept with 50 and she just lied to him because she doesn't want to be fucking judged or devalued. So many of you men who probably think that, you know, you got something that to you is special is just a fucking lie because you're too fucking like you're just too egotistical to accept the truth that, you know, people live their lives the way they want to. And I think that for a man to actually think that a woman is less valuable based on the partners that she had tells me what men really, truly value you're looking at this woman then as an object. You're not looking at her as a human being. You're not yeah. looking at her as someone that you want to make a partner with. Yeah. That's objectifying her yeah. by determining her value by her past partners. And furthermore, um, <laughs> I find it so baffling that the conversation is not about, hey, 
if you've had had pa- if you have had past partners, can we talk about the safety that you have put forth when it comes to these interactions? Mm-hmm. I would be more concerned about that. Yeah. Like, let's talk about getting tested. Mm-hmm. Because what difference does it make? She could have slept with one person and got something. Like yeah. men are making this 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 weird ass connection of what is really important when they're like I feel like they're so lost. But I, you know, I, I digress because I, well, it, here's funny. Here's, here's another I could talk about this. Right? For, I think that a lot of men are overlooking the fact that um, there are many women out there that will um, go down on a man to please him in order for, in order not to have sex. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it's just, you know, they're not ready, but they kind of like them and, you know, they're willing to do that. And, you know, there's a lot of women out there who've had a, way more penises in their mouths that they've had in their vaginas. Mm. And you may as well be married to one of these women who may have slept with like two guys, but had maybe had like 13 or 14 penises <laughs> in her mouth throughout her lifetime. So really, what's important to you? Right. You're not asking her how many dicks she sucked. Right. No, you just <laughs> want to know how many fucking people she slept with. Fucking get over it. Like, really? <laughs> Fuck, man. So, put that in your pipe and You're saying like it. this shit is so stupid sometimes. It really is. Um, So I think that there's one more video that you wanted to talk about. And yeah. then we're going to wrap it up. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so the second video that um was one of the more popular videos. This uh, is actually uh, our most viral video. Our most viral video was. um. Oh, my God. I'm. Are you lost? Yeah. Okay. So our most viral video that we've had on social media was over 3,000 comments, 1.2 million views, where I talk about how straight men are having gay sex to have more sex and how straight women are having gay sex to find a connection. Thank you. I, I, I don't even know what the fuck I just did. I just yeah. I got completely lost there. It's the champagne. It is the champagne. So, yeah. <laughs> it goes right to your um, head. Eva was just like, dicks in the mouth? I don't know where I'm at. <laughs> That's it. I went, yeah. I went off script. <laughs> I fucking lost it. That video went fucking apeshit viral. Yeah. But I will say, the most common comment in all of the comments was, these people are bisexual. Yeah, which is fucking like... And the one that took the second place was these people are... Um, or or sexuality is fluid, but people are afraid to have this fluidity known to like society because they'll be shamed, whether it be because of their family doesn't accept it, society doesn't accept it, their religion doesn't accept it. So they do these things behind closed doors. Yeah, And I think, didn't we even talk about in the episode uh, that if if um a person has an experience with uh the opposite sex that that's doesn't make them anything i think that we were it was like there was a debate that if if a person does um experiment that mm-hmm. they're not straight anymore that yeah. they're like there's something else and they have to be because they experimented yeah you know and there was that whole argument going on as well oh yes i i, I see what you're saying because like say for example a young man experiments with maybe men in the beginning of his sexual journey and then in the end realizes that you know i enjoyed that but i am actually sexually more attracted to women and then chooses to be with women exclusively after that that doesn't mean that he is gay or bi or anything or anything fluid or anything he was or she was depending on you know the scenario exploring their sexuality they were exploring their sexuality right um i would agree with you but what i will say is this and this is going to be controversial and I don't give a shit. I think the world is feel, filled with more. I think the world is filled with more queer people than there are straight people or cis hetero norm. Yes, because the I amount agree. of people that I have spoken to men and women that have said to me that they have found the opposite sex. And same sex sexually attractive to them Mm -hmm. i've heard that conversation so many times i can't even tell you and to me it sounds very normal i don't see anything wrong with someone finding either the same sex or the opposite sex or you know trans or whatever it is if you are attracted to this person and you want to have a sexual encounter with them to me 
I see nothing wrong with that. But for whatever the reason, there are other people that that is frowned upon. And this is why people will hide these things. I think a lot of people in the comments felt like if a man interacts with another man and women, he's bisexual. I don't know if that makes him bisexual. I don't know if a woman interacting with another woman makes her bisexual. What I can tell you is I feel like that makes them sexually fluid. I, I don't even know if it's. I don't even know if we have a term for it, per se. I know there's I mean, some fluidity in there's there. There's no reason to call it anything. But, just just call it fucking life. Yeah, I I think that's kind of what I'm yeah. getting at with this is that I don't even think that there is a term for what it is that can happen between men and women and women and women and men and men. How did that go? I think yeah, <laughs> woman and men, woman and woman man and, and man, man and man. And woman. I think that people are so used to putting names to things. Yeah. And I think sometimes when you put a name to something, you lose what it really is. You have lost the essence of what it is that you are observing because you put a name to it. So then no one is ever going to know it for anything different other than what the fuck it's been called. That is why I think one of our next topics that I really want to talk about is what does it really mean to be masculine? What does it really mean to be feminine? Because um, these are words. I think that'll be a a great topic. But on that note, we're actually at the end of this episode. That shit just fucking flew by. As it always does. (laughs) Um, And I always say this, and maybe it sounds corny, but I think about it in like Def Comedy Jam. He was like, thank you for coming out. God bless you. Good night. Yeah, right? Russell Simmons. Um, I always enjoy having these conversations with you, even though sometimes I have to drag myself. (laughs) I have to drag myself because I'm just probably like mentally exhausted. I mean, that's just part of showing up. Yeah. You know? Um, but I always have um, such a good time having these conversations with you because they give me such perspective in ways that I never thought about it. <laughs> and we always have a good laugh. I think the best part about it is sometimes we end up saying shit that we didn't even know about each other. Yeah. They just come out in these episodes. Yeah, and, and like, then we stop we stop recording. I'm like, wait a minute. Bro. What the fuck did you just say? How did you just say that yeah. on the show and never told me that? <laughs> um, I think that's for us, that's the best part of this show is yeah. that, you know, we, we realize that even though we've been together for 20 years, and we've said so much to each other and have so many conversations with each other. We sit down and we do these shows and yet stuff comes up that we may have potentially not told each other. And yeah, I think it's great. For sure. But cheers. Cheers to us. Cheers to 100 cheers, episodes. Cheers to 100 and episodes. Many more. And many more. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, till next Friday. Peace out. Peace out.